listening to a Kink in the Chain podcast. Welcome to the Kink in the Chain podcast. I'm your host, Rope Squirrel. Sadly, Ritzy couldn't be here today. She has a stomach ache. And uh, Alpine, well, they, they've been working too hard. I'll give them that. They, they're pretty busy. But we're going to get them back on the show, I promise you. Even if I have to put like remote-controlled shock collars and drag them back, but they will get on the show eventually. But today, we have a guest. Isn't that exciting? I mean, she snuck in, and I don't, I don't know how she got in here, but uh, we're going to interview her anyway. Today, we have Angel. Midnight Angel is a spicy Latin switch and is the alpha submissive for the House of Synergy. She has been in the community for over 25 years and enjoys educating on many topics in the BDSM and poly lifestyles. As Angel has had the privilege of being Miss Florida Leather and Fetish Pride 2017, and is pinned as Mama's Midnight Angel as part of Mama Sandy's Reinhardt family. Currently, she serves as the contest director for Florida Power Exchange. How are you doing today? I am doing fabulous. Thank you so much for having me here, Rope Squirrel. It's very lovely to have you here, Angel. Always happy to, to talk to anyone of note in the BDSM communities. So you said you said you've been in the community for 25 years. What kind of got you into the community to start with? Well, uh, let's just say when I was a very young individual, my eyes saw something I shouldn't have seen. And it intrigued me and, well, created a demon out of me. And I went on the search of what I saw. And luckily, the person who caught me staring at them was actually good to become my mentor. So upon my 18th birthday, I was given a set of floggers and told to go to work. So I started out as a dominant and well, with that, it was pretty much fun and games until I had one of my submissives speak out and tell me I did not know what it was like to be a bottom and did not know what it was like to take impact from a toy and so I'm like get out you've disrespected me I don't want to talk to you I'll call you and needless to say young and dumb (laughs) I was thinking to myself like man they're right but they still did this no but they're right so I quickly traded in my floggers for a collar and went on to search very dominant, uh, went through a few of them and have been in a polydynamic now for 20 years with my current master, Hirokata, here in Florida. So, and I have never turned an eye and, or regret what I've done. That's great. I mean, it, it, it's great that, that you've gotten to experience both sides and, um, and I mean, it's also great, of course, that you're a switch. That's always a wonderful time. Mm-hmm. I've always told people sometimes the best dominants out there have been submissives themselves. And because you tend to 
understand what a submissive needs as yourself. Because I know when I'm a submissive, I know what expectations I want, what I need. And then if I have someone who's submitting to me, I know how to take care of those needs for them as well. So it makes my job easier as a dominant too, to understand the bottom side. Awesome. So clearly by your bio, you are also very much involved in the community and not just as a, not just as a participant, you're pretty much a leader and, uh, um, or at least you're very active. What made you want to do all that in your community? It was um, when I was collared to my master, actually it'll be 20 years, actually about a couple of weeks, to be honest with you. Um, he took me to a house party and he was like, don't, his exact words were, this is not like the high school prom. Don't worry about it. I already have experienced events. I'm like, this is a house party. Okay, this is really nice. It's good. And came along of an event, which is FetishCon, one of the biggest cons are down in Florida every year. I decided to go, you're going to go see this. So I kind of took him into it and like, wow, there's events. They were just my master and his um, slave, Aliana, were just private people, house party. And when he saw there were other events that educated on the lifestyle, I kind of push for push and shove, like we need to educate on dynamics. And from there, I kind of cracked the whip from a bottom standpoint as like, we're doing this. And we just ran with it and got involved heavily down here in Florida. So. Very good. So in, in a question I like to ask most people, like if you had to pick three kinks, what would they be? Well, three kinks. Well, <laughs> out of three, gosh, that's hard. Three kinks I would have to say, I love electricity. <laughs> I love fire play and needle play are my top three. Nice. And do you do you top bottom those or both? Mainly bottom, but I can top on those as well. And I guess what do you and why do you enjoy those three in particular? Why did you pick those out? Are they just they get you going or what? Yes, they do. <laughs> okay. Um, I also saw that you listed yourself as an educator as well. Um, I guess what's your the best class that you you teach? My best class that I teach is usually a submissive's journey is one of my favorite ones to teach because I take everybody from being a where I started as a dominant in the lifestyle to my journey as a submissive and how it's how I've gone through this lifestyle, um, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, I don't sugarcoat it. I'm not Willy Wonka. So <laughs> I hate sugarcoating things. Um, but that's one of my favorite classes to teach. Other than that, a lot of the classes I teach is more poly-based um, and try to put the misconceptions of what poly is. Most people go, oh, well, that's great. Your master has two girls. Oh, you guys must enjoy sex. We're like, um, well, thank you for understanding our dynamic because that's not what we really do in a poly house. So it's kind of been the misconceptions that 
how can you get a house with two girls and the guy and the girls get along? He was like, hey, this is what works for us. It's not right. It's not wrong. Everybody has their own way. Just like with any kink with electricity. One person may do it this way. One may not. Um, I have a very close friend that actually <laughs> has a pet peeve. He's like, no, it's not called electrocution. I'm not going to electrocute you. That's illegal. I am going to shock you. So it's like there's that misconception. So trying to put the misconceptions of poly to rest, like, hey, it can be very rewarding. It may be for you. It may not be for you. It was, it was, thanks for sharing with the with with my listeners. I'm I'm sure one or two of them will be reaching out to be like, hey, I heard John kink in the chain. Oh boy. <laughs> Should be a fun time. Uh, you, you got a little time to hang around and talk current events and answer viewer questions with us? Oh, yeah, of course. Awesome. Well, this week, our news article, it's not really that much of a news article. It, I, I could make that a joke and be like, it's a BuzzFeed article, so it's not news. But <laughs> it has nothing to do with news. But it's more a, a jumping point that we can use to actually talk about a few things. But the title of the article is the TSA opened my bag and went absolutely beat red. <laughs> um, I'm sure you angel and, and my, just like myself, we, we have stories of the TSA. Mm -hmm. uh, we travel. It, it sounds like you travel a lot for, for kink and as, and as do I, and I have dealt with many a TSA agent. In fact, I've seen a few classes about it and talked to a lot of people about how to deal with the TSA, but have you had any embarrassing encounters with the TSA? No, luckily not. Really? Really. Hmm. Well, that, that's, uh, I don't know if that's fortunate or unfortunate, but I've I've had quite a few with the TSA, uh, and, and enjoy it very much. Um, and and the advice that I give to my listeners, if you ever do get pulled over by the TSA, there's two things you you can do. First and foremost, if it's seriously embarrassing, ask to be pulled to the side, ask for the private room, whatever it might be. But the second thing is, is just be honest. Um, you don't have to go into detailed pornographic step-by-step -step instructions on how to use a device that you have in your bag. But if they pull a flogger out and they're like, what's this for? That's a flogger. I used it to beat people. And as long as you, you're honest about it, they'll usually go, oh, oh God, and put it back in the bag. <laughs> and we're not, we're not trying to embarrass the TSA. We're not trying to, to do anything negative. We're, they don't want to be touching that any more than they want to be there doing the job probably. Um, so, and they're trained to look for deception. So if you start acting all uh, squirrely <laughs> about it, uh, then they're going to start asking more questions, thinking you have something to hide. But when I have been pulled over with, honestly, a bag of dildos, and they go, what are these? I say, these are dildos. They're for a class on forced orgasm. And they go, oh, God. And they put them all back in the bag and say, go on. And then I kind of glanced over and they were taking off their gloves and swapping them out. Like... <laughs> They were all, the irony is every single one of those was brand new. So, but they had no way of knowing that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's basically, I've talked with TSA agents that kinksters who are also TSA agents. And that's what they tell me. It's just, we were just, we're looking for weapons and a dildo or a flogger is not a weapon that we have to worry about. 
because you can't take over the plane with a flogger. Um, so just be honest. Let us determine that it's not a weapon and that it can be brought on the plane. We don't want to embarrass you because that also embarrasses us because then everybody starts looking and we just want you to get on your way. So have you had any, have you ever spoken with any TSA agents out of Curiosity Angel? I have not, but now it's making me want to change my career to go be a TSA agent and have fun with these toys. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't get to spend a lot of time with those toys. It's like seconds is all you get, but. What about that private room? Come on. You want to go to that private room and show me how it works, you know? Uh, yeah, I'd be fired. Yeah, that'd be. A short-lived career for me, damn it. I mean, I've worn my metal, uh, my metal chastity belt through TSA. Of course, it set off the metal detector. I mean, it's and when they when they start using the wand and like you you wearing a belt and I'm like, yeah, but not the kind you're thinking. Um, <laughs> and and that's like, can you know what what's going on? I'm wearing a chastity belt. A what? Um, it's a metal device. It prevents me from having sexual intercourse. Oh God, just just go. Just go. Um, and then one is like, oh, I don't want to do this, but I need to, I, need, I have to see this. I got to make sure it's okay. Like, it, it's perfectly fine. Let's just go into this room here. And we, we, we stepped in, they, I pulled down my pants. They went, okay, um, can you take that off for a minute? I'm like, nope, that's kind of the point. Oh, all right. Well then have a good day, sir. Oh my God. Like that's, they were clearly like, oh God, one of these, but you know, it's, it's not illegal. I can't take over a plane with a chastity belt as far as i know uh, be... well, you could if somebody doesn't let me out of this belt i'm going to take this plane and crash it i need that orgasm you know well, I, I think it'd be more the opposite of like you know turn this plane around or i'm locking everyone in chastity so you know well, better not be on that plane yeah it's like you know everybody take one of these devices and pass it down now insert your junk <laughs> into it click now, now put your keys in the bag in the aisle. All right. Now, no one's having an orgasm until we fly this plane to Toledo or whatever. Um, yeah, that would be very strange. But, um, but my listeners, if you have stories about dealing with the TSA, let me know. Or, you know, toss us a line. Our email is always open. Podcast at kinkinthechain.com. We'd love to hear you. Um, I always consider it a badge of honor to get one of those little cards in my bag that says we inspected your luggage. And those are the best. Just like, oh, I, I feel sorry for whoever had to open this, but it is what it is. Actually, I gotten one of those notices. It was funny. I was coming back from seeing my mom from Colorado Springs and I picked up CBD oil and packed it in my luggage. I'm like, get home, unzip it. It's like, Oh, we've inspected. I'm like, of course you would inspect my bag. Really? I'm like, oh my God, where is the CBD oil? And like, oh, it's still there. <laughs> so it's scared to me. But that's the only time they've ever inspected my luggage was when I had CBD oil. Oh, I, I keep a small collection of those little cards I've got. I, and then I write the date, the, the event I was going to on the back. I, was, I thought about posting it one day, just like, you know. But it, it's it's fun. It's silly. But yeah, my <laughs> listeners, if you have any stories of dealing with the TSA or you're a TSA agent and would like to come on the show or just want to, uh, obviously, we'll keep your name anonymized if you wish. Please send us an email, podcast at kinkinthechain.com. We'd love to hear from you. 
And now, my listeners, as we do every time that we do this lovely show, we answer messages from the mailbag. And this week, we've got three great, great questions, and I'm sure Angel can help us on some of them, if not all of them. I, th- I, th- I think I think she's she's had a little experience in some of these. Our first question comes to us from Todd in Wisconsin, and they write, "I've met someone at a munch recently. I'm a top, and she is a bottom." We have had great scenes and have, a, have had a great time together. My only issue is that she is slightly stronger than I am. Sometimes she gets into a brat mood and I just can't control her. Usually when she, and he has quotes around this, wins, I have to give up and just stop the scene. This leaves us fo- both feeling very upset. Any advice to avoid this? Hmm, brats and uh, winning. What do you think, Angel? I know nothing of the sort. I, you know, when I bought him, I'm a good girl. I'm an angel. I'm perfect. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, your name is Fallen Angel, so. No, it's not <laughs> Midnight Fallen angel. angel. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, not yet. There are many people who keep telling me I should be a Fallen Angel, but ratting could be a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing. My advice to you, Todd, would be negotiate. Um, I had a dynamic with a previous domino I was with, and sometimes you just have to have that type of a scene, but you have to establish limits. How far are you going to let it go before it becomes disrespectful? Um, When it becomes disrespectful, that's where it does ruin the scene. Maybe have an established time where, hey, I'm going to let you be a brat, but... For me, that does when I know I'm pushing it too far is the look I get from the dominant. It's like, you're going to keep pushing. We're done. Um, so my best advice is just discuss it. How much are you going to let her brat? Bratting is different for everybody. Some dominants are like, it's totally disrespectful. They won't put up with it. So I'm like, oh, I'll like it. If I had a little more information, um, this, is she a little? Is she a baby girl? Because usually those dynamics tend to be more bratty um, within the age play realm. So without that, I can't really speculate on what kind of bratting she does. For me, like I said, I will push the limit with any dom I am serving and push the limit, but I know generally when to stop. So that. Back to you, Rope Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> so, Todd, I know how you feel. Um, it, I mean, the, uh, the the easiest way I would say it, well, it's not the easiest. Uh, you know, if you really wanted to, I guess go to the gym, bulk up. You know, <laughs> you can, if you can over if you if overpowering her is what you need, then you know a little extra muscle can can go a long way. Um, the other options you have are a little more, I guess, nefarious. Like, um, you know, send them out for depending, let's see, you're in Wisconsin, but it's not too bad, but like send them out, get them tired. Like if she decides to go to the gym, maybe you, you do your scene right after she gets home from the gym and, you know, she's a little more tired or if she's not a morning person, do your scene in the morning when she's kind of groggy or she's uh, not a night owl, do the same thing. These are just ways that you can cheat a little bit and win. Um, but when legitimately, because she'll be trying her hardest, she just can't do that. 
if those if 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 uh, deception isn't really what you're looking for, then yeah, having a conversation with her. I've had people do this to me in the past where they've like I'm trying to tie them up and they keep breaking out, and I eventually just have to look them in the eyes and go, hey, yeah, you won, great, I'm, I'm happy that you got out, but I can't tie you up if you if I can't tie you up, we can't start the scene. So you win, fine, but let me put the cuffs on now. And it, it, it does admittedly ruin the mood a little bit because, you know, they're being playful and having a good time. But then you have to lay the hammer down and be like, I can't control you. So this scene is over. You should you both shouldn't be leaving the scene upset. It should be one person feels. I guess the best way we could look at this is that she feels like she won and she can be happy about that. And now she's fighting you in a different way because now you're tying her up and she's letting you do it so she's like i you know ha 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 i win and i'm laying here on this table or on this cross because i choose to um and so there's a little bit of smugness and yet you get the the thrill of winning by getting her all restrained and then you can start your scene so those would be kind of the main things i would do for for you um deception so Oh, well, I guess improvement on yourself. So go to the gym and bulk up deception, have her get tired before you start the scene or three, a flat out negotiation and talk about what it is you're going to do. Do you have anything else you want to add to that one, Angel? You say this, you tire out before. See that? That's just evil. <laughs> but no, it works, you know, um, getting them off guard. So you change the playing field a little. And ultimately, you win. And for me as a top, and I say this very lightheartedly, is if I have a submissive or a bottom that goes, make me with an attitude, and they're not being playful, I'm not going to make you do something you don't want to do. If you're wanting to submit and have the scene, you'll do it. I'm not going to force you to do it unless it's a negotiated forced scene. So... You're, you're right on the mark there, Rope Squirrel. So. Well, thank you. Todd, I hope that answers your question. And uh, as always, my listeners, if you have any questions or you would like to be featured on the show, please don't hesitate to send an email to podcast at kinkinthechain.com. And our next question. Oh, so we have Betty from Texas. I am relatively new to kink in general, but I keep seeing people with patches on their back denoting some title. A few weeks ago, I finally stopped and asked one of them about it. It was very informative. However, my question is, are titles still something that people should run for? Are they respected? Is it something I should consider? So, Betty. <laughs> oh, this is, uh, again, open to everybody's different perspective. There's a lot of people in the community who think titles are a popular contest. It's based on popularity. How popular are you with your community? I decided to run for my title back in 2016 for Miss Florida Leather and Fetish Bride. And I had six weeks to prepare. Um, everything from an educational platform to a fantasy. I knew very little about the title history, except that my producer had won the year before, and now she was the producer. And it was more about a title 
for yourself, for you. So, and that's how countries you have leather. Sometimes you have gay, you have boot black, uh, power exchange titles. So there's a whole world of different types of titles you can run for. I had got done running for the Florida Power Exchange title. And it's like, you know, I did not win with my master or lady at the time. I was on a journey. I wanted to discover more about myself. So I ran for it. And it was very rewarding. But at the same time, I got flack from a lot of people because they were saying that, oh, well, the producer played with the numbers so she could win. And when people say that, you pretty much tear down the contest and integrity. So some people consider a title patch a target or a shield. Um, let me tell you, when you decide to run for a title, you are putting a big spotlight on you because you're going to find people who will follow you to make sure your, your integrity is there and you're not doing anything um, that could be questionable behavior. On the other end, some people go, well, it's a shield. You're standing up for what you believe in. You're making your title year about you. Don't base your title year on somebody else. So I say if you find a title that resonates with you, go out and do it. Tell people, I'm going to do this for me. I know there's an event. Um, you have to be in the Southeast. Um, it's called Southeast Leather Fest. And you could do either the Miss, the Mister, there's Person of Leather that you can run for. And then you have Master and Slave. So if you find one, and they also have a boot black. So when people are like, well, you should run for a boot black. I boot black, but I'm not passionate about it. At least I know how to take care of my leathers, but it would not be a title I'd run for just to run for it. So my advice is if you feel that title resonates with you, go out and do it. Um, the community would, should respect you and respect the title. Um, you're always going to have somebody out there that goes, oh, it's you. Don't let the bad apples get you down. You're going to have it, even in the vanilla world, when you get a promotion, is people are going to support who they want to support. But if you do this, do it for you. Don't do it for anybody else. And if you don't win, nothing says that you can't come back and run the next year. Because if you do that, take the advice you get from your judges, reach out to your judges and ask them, what do you think you could do better? Where, you know, and every judge I had when I ran still talks to me and will give me the advice. And they want to be part of that journey to see you grow. So I say, go for it and run for it if, you, if it resonates with you. Yeah, not being a, a title holder myself, but I did a long time ago run for a title and um, it is definitely something that I, I know myself and I, and I, I do, I do thrive on recognition. I, I know this about myself. So I had that reason for running, 
but on top of that, I just felt when I did it that it was kind of the next step, the next thing that I should be doing in the community. Um, also, just to, again, get that recognition, but also to may open up a few additional opportunities. I mean, I'm no longer just rope squirrel. I'm rope squirrel title holder, and I've got a little more credibility in the scene because because I, I ran, a, I, I did a contest. Is it something you should consider? Well, there's a few things to think about there. The biggest thing about consideration of it, one, it's going to pretty much ruin, well, not ruin, but make you very busy the next year uh, because you're going to get all kinds of invites to events. Um, you're going to get, I mean, you're not, we're not getting, we're not talking like ribbon cutting ceremonies and kissing babies, but you're going to be getting invites to definitely leather cons, leather events, um, things like that. Uh, the second thing is there may be commitments in your local area to things like beer bus and things of that nature. So there may be obligations there. Um, there may also be obligations with the title. Every title is different, but I know some titles have an educational requirement that you have to teach mm -hmm. at least X number of times. And finally, if you neglect the beer busts or other fundraising events, the other thing you have to consider is time because you're going to have to uh, take time off of work or, or whatever to get there to get to these events. And secondly, the money and financial costs of getting to those events, assuming you didn't don't have a title fund or, or something of that nature. Um, so the short version is, is if you can afford it, great. I, I'd say, you know, it, it's a lot of fun. You get to go to a lot of cons, you get to teach, um, you get to be the center of attention for just a little bit and people will have a little more respect for you than than you had before. I mean, hopefully you already had the respect before you decided to run for a title, but <laughs> you never know. Um, but is it something you should consider? Well, if you can make it work, if your job allows you to take that kind of time off, if you can do any of these things and you wanna represent the community and you feel that you're a person of, of honesty and integrity, I say go for it. It's it's a lot of work and it's a lot of stress, but it is so worth it in the end, win or lose. I've had I've had opportunities open up for me, even though I did not take the title in the year that I applied, um, and I do plan on running again at some point. It has opened up additional opportunities that I couldn't have had otherwise. And not only that, like all of my judges, for example, we're now friends and we like they've offered to help me and there have been some some things I can't talk about but there have been some other opportunities from said judges that have kind of cropped up and there may be some stuff even developing so I'm very excited about it but nothing I can talk about on on air for sure <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um do it if you can but if you can't it's not the end of the world obviously we like to have title holders but it may not be for you, and that's fine too. Anything else you wanted to add there, Angel? No, and title years could be as expensive as you make it to be. Um, I had did not have a travel fund when I ran, um, <laughs> so it was like, wow, everything was on my own expense, but I made it work. I believe I hit 17 events out of my title year and taught 
at 17 out of 22 I rent to. So it was definitely a very busy year and trying to do that. And I was working and was in school and was in a polydynamic with my master. I swear I thought he was going to kill me by the end of the entire year. <laughs> but it does make a busy schedule. And again, whether you win or you don't, it can and will open up opportunities down the road. Um, for me, as being a contest director for Florida Power Exchange, I seek out people who want to be able to judge. And people's like, you want me to judge? But I don't have a title. I'm like, but you've ran, right? Yes. You're an educator, right? Yes. You come from a different background of diversity. Why not? Not everybody has to be a title holder to be a judge or to be a telemaster for a contest or even an educator. So if you're passionate about it and you think it will do you well, like um, Rope Squirrel said, do it. If it doesn't resonate, then wait till something comes along your way and do it. Yeah. I think, Betty, I hope that helps. I hope you run for a title. And if you do, obviously let us know. We'd love to to support, support you. you in any way that we can. So yeah. not, not like I don't have contacts with a bunch of uh, people for your for your title baskets if you ever needed it, that kind of thing. Well, in that case, though. <laughs> it is what it is. Our final question comes to us from Kyle in Georgia. And they write, I recently moved here and I'm trying to find my place in the community. Where I came from, I was comfortable in the community and people knew me for who I was and what I could do. Now I've come here and no one trusts me because they don't know me. I didn't expect my credibility to transfer like a college credit, but do, do you have any advice for transplants trying to establish a name for themselves? People moving, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a hard one, isn't it, Angel? It is, because I was born and raised out in Utah. Um, and I was part of the community out there, but I moved to California, I moved to Seattle, and I had to prove myself to that community because like Kyle says, you're, nobody knows you. Um, again, that's where you go to munches. You know, you introduce yourself as munch, you, you're eating, you're talking, and people get to know you that way. So try some munches. Also, you may want to reach out to your former community and maybe see if they'll, you know, if there's a vetting process in this new community. Because I know there are some events and some established clubs and communities around the world that go, hey, the only way you can come here is if you're vetted. And that's just to keep everybody safe. So I tell you, don't take it personal. It's not you, it's just trying to keep the community safe. And once you become established, people get to know, hey, yeah, Kyle, he's a good guy. Yeah, I had lunch with him the other day. You should see what kind of bullshit we talked about, you know, it's it begins to be easier to be accepted. Um, believe me, um, <laughs> if credibility transfers like a college credit, I'd hate to see what kind of people we may get in certain communities. <laughs> um, so it's just for the protection. Um, you know, just be nice. Remember, manners go a long way. Um, respect. And with that, you should be in like Flint. Be you. For sure. And yeah, that 
that can be a really hard hard thing there kyle to to move from one place to another and expect everyone to know you um i guess you know i i count myself lucky that if i ever had to move i i've spent the time already to build up relationships uh, with people all over the all over the united states and part of canada so i could probably move somewhere and they would know who i am or at least be able to to have a a vague idea but um basically i would say you know get your face out there get get people to to get you know go to munches go to events and if you people are negotiating with you and they say hey you know i'd love to play with you but i've never seen you play before and you're like hey i have references i can i can you know get some individuals to contact you or i've i've if you'd like to reach out to mistress x whatever on on fat you know she's from my old area and you can i guess even transfer some of that credibility i mean mm-hmm. uh, or if you make friends with um the other advice is to make friends with local with the local leaders and then they will start disseminating it's kind of starting over but then you only have to talk to one get to know one individual and then they will start transferring that your expertise to everyone else be like yeah this is a safe person and well you know if you're if they're friends with them then clearly they must be a good person so that's kind of what i would do in those situations um and especially if you're about to move there and, and similar to what Angel said, it maybe there's somebody else from your former community who's already moved there and you might be able to, you know, and they've already done the hard work and gotten themselves established. And now you can kind of piggyback off them. Um, I don't know. I, I pretty much know somebody in, in most areas and it's really nice to, to, to have that. So Absolutely. anything else? Oh, I was going to say, if you go to events in like me, um, when you go to different events, you introduce yourself, you tell me, oh yeah, I'm from like, for me, I'm like, yeah, I'm Angel, I'm from Florida. They're like, oh really? Have you been, I'm like, yeah, I've been to this event, that event, this event. And I could talk about those events and it's like, okay, great. <laughs> um, so always don't be afraid to introduce where you're from and what you do. Um, because again, you're talking about you, you're opening up, you're not closed. And <laughs> it's hard, but you'll make it through. Yeah. You know, not everybody can be like me. He's like, oh, that crazy bitch from Florida. Yeah, she's crazy. We're not going to play with her. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's it. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, Kyle, I hope that helped. And and yeah, hopefully you can get reestablished in your new community. And, you know, congrats on the move. It's it's always exciting. I'm sure you're going to find new people and new experiences in your in your new area. And I hope that it, it goes well for you. Well, uh, my listeners, that is the end of our viewer questions for the day. Uh, it, obviously, as I've said a few times throughout, if you do have any questions you would like to be read on the show or answered, feel free to email us at podcast at kinkinthechain.com. We also would love to hear feedback regarding either our advice or for those of you who received advice, you know, if you took our advice, how did it go? And do you have any other further questions? Because we'd, we'd love to, to hear what, what's happening. Uh, as I always say, you know, we're not licensed therapists or anything like that, but uh, we've been around for a while and we, we, I think we know a few things here and there. And we're happy to help in any way we can. So thanks for answering those viewer questions, Angel. 
Oh, you are welcome and thank you so much. And it's been a, a pleasure having you on the show. Where can they find you on the various social media platforms? Oh, I'm on FetLife. Um, so it's A underscore Midnight Angel underscore. Wait, A underscore Midnight underscore Angel. See, I don't even know my own name. Um, so you can send me a friend's request and I'll willingly accept and you'll be sorry after that. Well, it's been a pleasure having you and thanks for coming on the show. It's, uh, it, it's always been fun. Always fun with the rope squirrel. Well, and as we do at the end of our show, as always, stay kinky, my friends. Check us out on the web at kinkinthechain.com. Follow us on Twitter at KinkChainShow. We don't bite unless you ask nice. Have feedback or want to submit a question for a future show? Send your emails to podcast at kinkinthechain.com.